Welcome to the City Church Sermon Podcast. City Church is located in Frisco, Texas, just north of Dallas. Our hope and prayer is that the following message can serve as an encouragement, blessing, and an inspiration in your walk with Christ. If you have any questions about City Church and want more information about us, or you want to visit during one of our Sunday celebrations, please visit us online at citychurchfrisco.org or email us at hello at citychurchfrisco.org. If you would like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at citychurchfrisco.org slash give. Thank you for listening. Your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 2. Last week we, we started a new sermon series that we're calling Our Core, the mission of our church. And this sermon series is about the three words that we consider to be the mission of our church. And and um, those words are, can someone shout them? Connect, grow, and serve. So last week we spoke on the first word, connect. Today we're going to be speaking on growing, on grow. What does grow mean in our mission? First Peter chapter 2, when you have it, say, I'm there. Amen. If you don't have it, we're going to have it up on the screen. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. We're going to start in verse 2. We're going to have it up on the screen. It says, like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up. Tell your neighbor, grow up. Tell your other neighbor, grow up. Grow up in your salvation. Now that you've tasted that the Lord is good. I'm going to read in Spanish. Deseen con ansias la lucha, la leche pura de la palabra, como niños recién nacidos, así por medio de ella crecerán. In case your neighbor didn't understand, grow up, tell your neighbor, crece. Crecerán en su salvación ahora que han probado lo bueno que es el Señor. Today I'm going to be speaking from the title of In the Deep. In lo profundo. Let's pray. Father, we come before your presence. I give you honor and I give you glory. I thank you, Lord, for being so good. Te doy gracias, Señor, por ser tan bueno. I thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place. I thank you for the opportunity you give us to worship you. The opportunity that you give us to lift our hands. And the opportunity that is given to us, God, to gather to receive your word. I ask you, Lord, that you would speak into my life. I need this so much in my life. And I ask you to speak into the life of my brothers in, and my sisters. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Um, maybe... Never mind. I was going to do something. You guys can have a seat. Sure, if you want to move to the middle. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. I was going to tell you, tell your, tell your neighbor, like Adele says, you got to roll in the deep, okay? But it's okay. In the deep. In the deep. In the deep. So last week we spoke on the need to connect. Amen. We talked about how communication brings about our connection that, that, we, that we desire as a church to be a group of people, to be a community of people, to be uh, a church that 
when we come to this place and that in everything that you and I do, when it comes to church, when it comes to our church community, it's all with the purpose of connecting to God. Everyone say, we got to connect. Okay, so when we meet for city groups, it's not just because we don't have anything to do. Because we all have stuff to do. We all have things to do. The reason that we meet together for city groups is because there is an importance in our connection within our community of believers which helps us to connect to God. Praise God. Even if we're playing volleyball, even if we're meeting at a Chick-fil-A, even if we're doing things that maybe don't seem like uh, it has not a lot of spiritual value. The reality is that when we meet together and, and we do life together and we live together, what happens is that we start growing and connecting with one another and we grow and we grow and we grow. So we need to connect with God. We need to ask him. We need to listen for him. We need to learn about him. And above all, we need to know that we can connect with him. We got to have faith that we can have a connection with God. But the natural progression of this connection to God is that after we've connected with God, the natural progression is that now we need to start, after connecting, we need to start growing in God. We need to start growing in our relationship. And this is what Peter is saying in our opening verse. Put the verse back up, please. He says that, that like newborn babies, because now we have this connection with God, we have to crave pure spiritual milk. So, because when we crave the spiritual milk, now we're going to grow up in our salvation. There is a natural progression that when we connect with God, when we're born again, when we are become believers, now not only are we connected with God, but we got to start growing. Tell your neighbor, you got to grow. We, it's going to lead, this spiritual milk is going to give us the nourishment to grow up. And what that means is that, what Peter is saying here is that this means that at some point, in your Christianity, at some point in your walk with God, at some point in your relationship with God, you got to grow up. Now, I struggle with this message because it's going to be, uh, we're going to look at some passages that, that are a little harsh. And they were, not, and believe me, they're not just harsh to you for, for you sitting there. It was harsh for me because as I'm reading it and as I'm, uh, as I'm studying it, I'm realizing how much more I need to, to, to get to or how much further I still need to progress in my walk with God. Because I do want to get to a point in my life where I can say, you know what, there is a spiritual maturity in my life. There is a sense of that I, I used to be. On this side of things where I was, I was still learning, I was still having to crave the spiritual milk. But now, I, I'm now on this side where I've covered this journey in my life where I've grown up. I'm spiritually mature. How many of you guys remember your, your first experience with a pool? Amen. For a lot of us. Our first experience uh, with a pool was a kiddie pool. 
Right? In case you don't remember, it's been a while. I brought a little video. A lot of us, this was our first experience with a pool. It was a little pool. The water didn't go more than maybe six inches, seven inches. We'd get in it with our, with our, uh, our brothers and sisters at times if we had some at the time. And then some of these pools nowadays are really fancy. And they have these little trinkets to kind of keep you entertained and to kind of keep you going. But a lot of the interest was just the splashing and just the ability to be in the water. For a lot of us, this was the first experience that we had with a pool. It was shallow. Everyone say shallow. And in the beginning, it's good. It's what we needed. It's what we needed. We, we, we were relatively safe. We were, we, we could get comfortable being in the water. But do you remember the day that you finally got out of the kiddie pool? And you were able, or, or maybe you didn't have a kiddie pool, but you had an actual pool. And, but remember, there's always the shallow end. Remember the day that you finally felt like you've grown up. And you were able to walk to the deep end. And, and you stand at the edge, about ready trying to decide, trying to psych yourself up to take the plunge into the deep. Or you guys don't remember that. Come on, you guys are going to make me nervous. I've told you if I get nervous, I preach for two hours, okay. I need you to talk back to me. Do you remember? Amen. All right. No one wants me to preach two hours. Okay. We, we, we would stand. I remember... Um, Going to, as a young person, and I'm kind of ashamed to say that I, when I'm saying I was a young person, I'm talking about I was 15, 16. I didn't know how to swim. I still didn't know how to swim at that time. And I remember that our, our church would sometimes make a trip out to Turner Falls maybe once a year or once every other year. And I remember going to Turner Falls and how I would be on the outskirts in the shallow water. And I would see how some of the other youth and some of the other people that were there would climb up the waterfall and they would stand about 15 feet high, maybe 20 feet high. I don't know how high it was. To me it seemed like it was 40, 50 feet. But I don't think it's that high. I haven't been in a while. But it was pretty high and they would stand over the edge and they would do this number where they lift up their hands and then they would dive in. And I remember just standing back and saying, man, maybe one day I'll have the courage, I'll know how to swim. Because, I mean, the shallows are okay. It's comfortable. But, man, that looks so fun. That looks pretty cool. Maybe one day I'll work up the nerve to do that. And the reason that we all finally one day that we, that we learn how to swim. If, if you don't know how to swim, you need to learn how to swim. This is a public service announcement, okay. You need to learn how to swim. But maybe if you did, you learn how to swim and you finally decided, you know what. If you were like me, I like going over to my cousin Malio's house. And they had a, 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 a deep end that was only six feet. By the time I was 14, 15 years old, I was already 5'10", 5'11". And I didn't have any problem diving into there because I knew that I would dive in, I would touch the floor, and then I would push myself up, and I'd get to safety. Amen. So I enjoyed doing that because at one point, the shallow end was not enough for me. The shallow end became uninteresting to me. The, the shallow end 
I began to realize that when I find myself in the shallow end of the water, there are some limitations to what I could do. Praise the Lord, somebody. And, and, and at, I mean, it was okay. The shallow end at some point was okay for my life. But there came that moment where I decided, you know, I need to move out of the shallow end because all my, all my peers, all the people of the same, my same age group are now jumping into the deep. And I'm the only one here splashing around with the kiddos in the shallow end. I, I have to learn how to overcome my fear and throw myself into the deep. Into the deep. It was time to move from the shallows into the deep. We, we all get to a point in our lives where we grow up and we feel a calling for the deep. At some point, we, we want to remove our floaties and we want to show mom and dad how much we've grown up. And we want to show them that we can jump into the deep. And what is mom doing? They're all nervous. Are you sure, son? Are you sure, daughter? Are you okay? Well, let me get in the water and I'll catch you when you jump in. I mean, because we get nervous about what our kids are doing. But there was something within us as kids. And there's something, maybe you didn't experience this, but you see this in your own kids. Where they want to get out of the shallow and they want to go into the deep because they want to feel courageous. They want to feel like they've grown up. And in some way, listen, I'm going somewhere with this. In some way, I believe that we as a church and we as individual Christians, as individual believers, as apostolics, there comes a moment in our life when we need to begin to move out of the shallow end of, of our spiritual faith, that we need to move out of the shallows of our faith and we need to start learning how to dive into the deep of our faith. Praise God, somebody. Although the kiddie pool is cool. I mean, it's got trinkets. It holds water. It's, it's, it's fun. Uh, but the reality is that life is not as exciting in the shallow as it is in the deep. We all know this. I, I'm not telling you anything new because... The best relationships that you and I have are those relationships that are deep. I'm not telling you anything new. The most fulfilling jobs that you and I have are those jobs that go, we're not at the first level or we're not at an entry level, but it's those jobs that we're deep into the organization. The pay is better. The perks are better. The benefits are better. I don't need to tell you that the deep is better. You know this. The most fulfilling vacations and getaways in our lives are not the ones we take to Plano. No, it's when we go across the sea and we go to Europe, we go to Germany and we, we experience things that we've never experienced. Because the shallows are okay, but the deep is better. It's better. It becomes... It becomes uninteresting when we're in the shallows. Uh, they, they, the shallows become something we don't want in our lives. In fact, I would say, let me tell you, listen, Christian, listen, believer, 
the reason why we struggle with our Christianity and our beliefs is because we're spending way too much time in the shallows. If we would learn to live in the deepness of our faith, there would be no struggle within us because we would wake up every morning knowing that God has a new adventure for our lives, knowing that God has a new mission for my life. But if I spend all my faith in the shallows, no, no, I want to be in the deep of my faith. And I know sometimes you may think, man, I don't know, it sounds good, I should be in the deep, but is that really my job? I mean, isn't that pastor's job to, to live in the deep of, the, of faith? That's pastor's job. That's not my job. Wait, no, that's not pastor's job. That, uh, uh, that's not my job. That's, that's, pastor, that's the bishop's job. That, that's, why, that's why he's the bishop. That's why he's a minister. It's not my job. That, that's my city group leader's job. They're the ones that need to live. And we, we tend to think that living in the deep of our faith is not our job. It's for someone else. But when we read the Bible for ourselves, and, and I think I've been guilty of this at some point in my life where I didn't think that I needed to get out of the shallows. That's why I go to church and that's what city church was for or that's what the small groups are for. That's, what, that's why I have a pastor because he's the one that lives in the deep and he's the one that, 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 that's going to take care of the things that need to be taken care of in the deep. But when we read the Bible for ourselves, the calling to go deeper in our faith is not just for a select few. It's for every person that has put their faith in Jesus. I don't know if there's anyone here that's put their faith in Christ Jesus and says, Lord, I, I, I want to be in the deeper waters of your spirit. I want to be in the deeper waters of my faith. I, I don't want to be in the shallows. And in the book of Hebrews... The writer, we don't know who the writer is. People think it's Paul. Some people don't, but it doesn't say that it's Paul. So we really don't know who the writer is. But the writer is writing to a group of Christians. And we get to chapter 5. And in verse 11, he says this. There is so much more we would like to say about this. What is this? More about Christ. More about everything I've been talking about up until here. I'm talking about your faith. I'm talking about the things God wants to do in your life. I'm talking about what Jesus, who Jesus really is. There is much more we would like to say about this. But it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. Tell your neighbor, ouch. Hashtag shots fired. Wow. I mean, the radar, you gotta, I mean, he's saying, I don't know if someone's ever called you spiritually dull, but it doesn't sound very encouraging to me. And the writer is saying, look, guys, listen, church, I want to take you deeper. There is more that I need to tell you, but I can't. I want to, but I can't. And it's not because of me. It's because of, because of you. The writer is essentially saying, I'm doing my part. Uh, uh, God is doing his part. 
The church is doing its part. The worship team is doing its part. The messages and the sermons that are being preached, those are doing their part. The city groups are doing their part. But I want to take you deeper. But there's something stopping me from taking you deeper. And it's not me. It's you. And I believe that what was true for them may be true for us as well. That, that God has so much more for us in the shallows of the water. He has so much more for you and for me than the shallows of our faith. And he wants to take us deeper into our faith. And he wants to lead us and he wants to guide us to get there. But at some point... We are the ones that have to stand up and we got to come to the edge of the water and say, Lord, I'm going all in. Because God is not going to do it for you. We have to make that decision. See, City Church, everything we do here in this place, everything we do when it comes to our church, it's with the hopes and the prayer of taking you deeper into your faith with God. Now, show that picture that's up next. There's nothing wrong with this. Okay? That's what Peter was saying, you know, like newborn babies, you got to crave the spiritual milk. There's nothing wrong with being in the shallows. In fact, there's a moment in our lives when we need to be in our shallows. But the problem is when we stay, is that when we stay in the shallows all of our life, there is a moment that the shallows are needed in our lives. There is a moment when this is where we need to find ourselves. I mean, because when we're in the shallows, when we, we become newborn Christians and we're, we're new in the faith, man, we are on fire for God. We, we just gave our life to him. We want to learn more about him. We want to invite someone to church. We want more messages. We want more church. We want more songs. We want more prayer. And it's good. The shallows are good. But at some point, God asks us to move from the shallows of our faith to the deeper waters of our faith. And for most of us, we are the ones that get in the way with this. There is nothing greater than living in the deeper waters of faith in Christ. Why do we start prioritizing? Why, why do we start prioritizing other things before God? Because we're in the shallow waters. Why is it that we seem to put everything else first and not God? Because we find ourselves in the shallows. I'm telling you, this, this, is, this is kind of a hard message for me to preach. But I think that after three years of being a church and, and some of you being here for the whole three years. And some of you I know are not new to faith. I, I need to share with this with you because I care for you as a pastor. And I want to see you move out of the shallows into the deeper waters. Because at some point the shallows of our faith get stale. At some point, the music that used to get us excited and hyped up to come to church, ah, you know, it's the same songs over and over. Praise the Lord, somebody. 
I, it's the same singers over and over. Man, does the keyboard player know any other licks? Does the drummer know any other roles? I mean, we start looking at everything. We, we become very superficial. Why? Because we're living in a superficial area. We're in the shallows. We, 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 we can't be excited anymore. We no longer have the fire we used to have because we're still in the shallows. And now we look like this. Show, show it. I mean, that's not exciting. We show up to church. Yeah, we have a smile on our face, but come on. This is silly. I need to get out of the shallow waters. And I need to move into the deeper waters which Christ has called me to. I mean, at some point... At some point, we got to realize, you know what, I'm not intended to stay in the shallows. There is so much deeper, and I'm sorry if it sounds like I'm repeating myself, but I have to make sure that you understand what I'm telling you. I got to move at some point, come to the edge of the waters and realize that the greatest mission that God has for my life is not found in the shallow water. It's found in the deep waters of faith. This is where God wants to work through me. This is when God speaks to me. This is when God puts people in my life that need God in their life. And I'm I'm testifying. I'm praying for people. And I'm seeing God heal people. I'm seeing God's people, God change people's lives. All because I'm in the deep waters. But while I find myself in the shadows, shallows, all I'm looking at are the superficial things. It's just another message. It's just another song. It's the same greeting that they give all the time. Oh, they're asking me to greet somebody again. Praise the Lord, somebody. So how do we go from the shallows to the deeper waters? See, I, I mean, I could give you four to five different things that you can do. But the reality is that there's... Only one thing we need to give, and I think that what you need to do, and I think that Paul, not Paul, the writer of the Hebrews, gives us the answer in the following verse. As if, as if the shots fired in verse 11 were not enough, we go to verse 12. And I, I, I believe, as I read the Bible, that this is the most insulting Bible verse that we find. Praise the Lord, somebody. Tell your neighbor, brace yourself. He says, in fact... Though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Snap. I mean, think about what he's saying here. Essentially what he's telling the readers and essentially what the writer is telling me and what the writer is telling you is that you need to act your age. Isn't that the worst? I remember my parents would tell me, te estás portando como un niño de cinco años. 
You're acting like a five-year. Nobody wants to be told that they're not acting their age. Or did it only happen to me? You guys are making me nervous. I, I, have, I have ten more pages of notes, okay? Listen, no one wants to be told we're not acting our age. When we're five to ten years old, we, we don't want mom and dad to tell us that we're babies. We're not babies. I'm a big boy. When we're in high school, we don't want to be told that we're acting like a middle schooler. When we're in college, we don't want to be told that we're acting like a teenager. Listen, this week I went to men's camp. And there was a group of about 240 men there. Okay. The first night, I mean, it was, it was I was embarrassed. Because the first night, they had to tell these 240 men. And they say, guys, men, praise the Lord, somebody. Listen, somebody, I don't know who, but somebody pulled the fire alarm. And the campgrounds are going to find us. Can you please behave? I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I was like, wow. I'm like in the front row. I, I know I, I didn't do it, okay. I promise you I didn't do it. But I'm embarrassed for, for all my fellow men that are there because they're basically telling all of us, act your age. Come on, guys. We're all grown-ups here. What are you doing? No one's going to fess up. We're going to have to pay this $200 fine. Because the fire people showed up. The fire people, the firemen, the fire department. We, 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 the truth is that we all, we want to act our age. Maybe, I'm not, maybe not our numerical age, but we, we want to act at least within the season that we find ourselves. If I'm in my 20s, I want people to look at me and think of me as that I'm finishing my education and that I'm pretty trendy, I'm pretty hip, and I'm going somewhere. If I'm in my 30s, I, I, I want people to look at me and they, and they might say that I'm a good dad, I'm a good, you're a good mom, or that, or that they're, you're establishing your career and that you're, you're settled down in life. If you're in your 40s, you want people to look at you and say, you know what, they're established. They, they, they're settled completely. They, they know what, what they wanted and they achieved it. They have some measure of success. If we're in our 50s, we want to be financially sound. We want to be on our way to a secure retirement. And when we're in our 60s, we want to retire, enjoy our grandchildren, maybe travel a little bit and definitely serve God. We all want to act our age. We all want to have the semblance of while we're in this season of my life, in this season of my life, I, I'm acting and I'm doing the things I need to be doing. But the writer says, you need milk, not solid food. This phrase, listen, this phrase is supposed to make us feel very uncomfortable. But just to make sure you do, I want to present you with something, okay. Here's the thing. The problem Here's what sometimes we read through the Bible and there's a lot of uncomfortable things. There's a lot of things we don't understand. And we just kind of 
read through it. And we don't, let, we don't let it settle into our hearts. But I want today that this settles into your heart, okay? And the problem with this, people, is not that at some point you were drinking milk. You need to drink milk. You need to be in the shallows at some point. It was necessary. Let's show, let's show the next picture. Oh, everyone's like, ah. Oh. This is our very own Valerie. I don't know if you can see it very well. But this is Valerie. She's growing up. And I don't know if she's even drinking from a bottle anymore. But I see her with her sippy cup at times. But this is, this is a stage in her life. There is nothing wrong with Valerie doing this. Can someone say amen? There's no problem with that. It's fine. This is good. This is needed. But there is a problem with, with this. I'm going to enlist Andrew's help. Come here, Andrew. Andrew feel awkward. Maybe some of you felt a little awkward with it. I mean, some of you were feeling bad for him, right? And you guys need to pray that he can get over this in his life and that one day he's not scarred from this, okay? And please don't post this on Facebook or anything. Here's the thing. This Bible verse is supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. Because it is. You need milk, not solid food. If that was weird, let me reassure you, it was weird. If this verse is weird to us, uncomfortable, it's supposed to be. God is saying, come on, guys, at some point you got to graduate from the shallows. you got to graduate from the milk in your life. And at some point you need to be eating some solid food. And at some point you need to be in the deeper waters of your faith. And I think the question that we need to ask ourselves this morning that can be a game changer for us is, where am I? Am I sitting on some dude's lap getting bottle fed? Am I still drinking milk? I mean, just as there's a physical progression in our physical life, there should be a spiritual progression in our spiritual life. 
Just because at some point a parent would hold the baby's bottle and the baby would drink milk. The only way the baby would drink milk is if the parent was holding the bottle. At some point, the parent needed to let the baby hold their own bottle. And at some point, we needed to move from milk to some solid foods. At some point... Mom and dad, stop playing airplanes with the fork. Come on, baby, open your mouth. And the baby, the child, had to learn to pick up their own fork. Tell your neighbor, pick up your fork. The other one, that he didn't like it. Tell the other one, pick up your fork. <laughs> At some point, we have to pick up the fork. We have to pick up our spoons. And this is what this is what the writer says, verse 13. He says, anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. Righteousness is the deepness of our waters. We no longer struggle with what we used to struggle because now we're eating solid food and we understand what righteousness is. We understand God's will for our life, what that is. We understand the mission that God has for our life. And in verse 14, but solid food is for who? The mature who by constant use have trained themselves. Everyone say trained themselves. To distinguish good. At some point, pastor, your mom, your dad cannot be at your side telling you this is good and this is bad. You should do this and you shouldn't do that. You, 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 you need to be at church. Come on. At some point, it says that by constant use, you've trained yourself. At some point we got to get up every morning and understand that we can't live our lives without praying. Listen, this weekend I was at men's camp and one of the speakers said something that maybe about 10 years ago I might have disagreed with him. But today as I'm maturing and as I'm, and as I'm getting closer to God every day, I, I completely agree with him. He says that if you call yourself a Christian and you don't pray every day, I really question whether you're a Christian or not. Imagine if my marriage was one where I could go... Three days, two days, four days a week without talking to my wife. I mean, she's there, but I ignore her. She's there, but I don't talk to her. She's there, but I don't conversate and I don't have a relate. You think I'm going to stay married very long? It's okay to talk to me. You can talk to me. I'm not scared. No. It's not going to happen. We, we have to train ourselves. We have to constantly understand that if I'm going to get out of the shallows, if I'm going to get out of milk and come into real solid food in my faith, I need to do something about it. 
The Bible's telling us we need to pick up the fort for ourselves. We need to pick up the spoon for ourselves. We need to learn to feed ourselves. At some point, we, 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 we want to do this for ourselves. I'm tired of living in the shallows. I'm tired of drinking milk. I, I know that God has much more put, that he's put inside of me. There's much greater potential. And I cannot continue to be bottle fed. Listen, the shallows can be bottle fed. But the deep needs to be self-fed. You can start playing something. Listen, if you're fairly new, if you're new to the faith, if you just gave your life to God about a week ago, or maybe you gave your life to God about a few months ago, or maybe even a year ago, okay, you're still in the shallows. That's not a problem. And we want you to enjoy the shallow end. We want you to enjoy that excitement that comes when being born again. We want you to come to church and enjoy the worship. And we want you to come to church and enjoy the fellowship that we can have. But at some point, you got to understand that God is expecting us to grow up in our faith. And there may be some of us here today that have spent too much time in the shallows. And you got to understand that what happens when you're self-fed, you don't need a city group leader to call you and remind you, hey, we have city group this week. Uh, you, you don't need your pastor calling you and asking you, why didn't you come to church this week? You, you don't need someone to remind you, hey, did you do your Bible reading this week? Did you pray this week? No, no. When we are in the shallow end of our faith, we know that we are training ourselves for the good works that God has prepared for us. And that if we continue to do what is good in our life, at due time we're going to reap what we harvested. And we're going to harvest what, what we, we sowed. And we're going to be able to see the results in our lives. But we got to continually train ourselves. Listen, I, I, I've... I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'll start playing something, please. Uh, listen, about two months ago, I started going to Camp Gladiator. And I'm very proud, so I'm probably, you'll probably hear about this a lot. And over the last two months, did I say two weeks? Two months. It's been two months. Over the last two months, I, I, you may not notice it. I'm not doing it for you to notice it, but I, I'm noticing it in my life. I've lost 12 pounds. Praise God. Yes. You guys encourage me so much. That's awesome. It makes me want to lose another 12 pounds. Okay. So now I'm, I'm beginning to notice that my, some of my pants are feeling a little bit better. But let me tell you. Every morning that I get up and I, I'm, I know that I'm going to go to Camp Gladiator, there is something in my heart, there is something in my mind that tells me, don't do it. It's too much work. Is it really worth it? It's taking a long time. I mean, you want to get down to 195 or 200, you're going to look really, really sick if you get down that much. But you're going to live a longer time. Why are you doing this? Your body hurts. You're hurting all the time. And at first, let me tell you, the first couple weeks, man, brother Andy, I didn't want to go. My legs were sore. My ankles hurt. 
they had me running, and I'm used to when I would go work out, I'd work out, and if I was sore, I wouldn't go the next day. I would actually wait a whole week before I felt a little bit better, and then I'd go, and then I'd say, well, I'm not going to work that hard because that, that hurt too much, so I just a little bit. But now it's like, at first I didn't want to do it, but I kept pushing and I kept, because I realized that no one's going to do it for me. I got to a point in my life where there's a maturity in me that says, if I want to see my grandchildren one day, if I want this high blood pressure to be gone, and, and if I don't want to develop diabetes like my, my grandparents did and, and my parents did, and if I, want to, if I want to be a healthy person, live a long time, and see all the things that God wants to do in my life, then I got to do something about it. And just as it is in the physical, it's in the spiritual. The great manifestation of God's will in our lives is found in the depths of our faith, not in the shallows. Because when we find ourselves in the depth, in the deepness, there's room for God to operate. But when you're in the shallows, I mean, your legs are sticking out from the kiddie pool. You're, you, you can't do anything. Anything scares you. The musicians mess up a song and it bugs you. The pastor, you didn't like the preaching that the pastor preached. And, it, and you're like, I don't know. I didn't get anything today. But when we are in the deepness, it may be. I'm not the perfect preacher. There's times that I may not preach a good sermon. But you're like, you know what? It's okay because I'm feeding myself. And let me pray for pastor because... Something must have happened during the week. He must have been really busy or something must have happened that really is on his heart and his mind. And, and it was, he, I saw him struggling. How can I help him? That, but that only happens when we're in the, in, the, in the deep. Because otherwise, everything is bothering us. We, let me ask you to stand up, stand up. We need to desire to grow. We need to desire a deeper faith. Are you training yourself? Are you picking up the spoon yourself? Are you picking up the fork yourself? Are, are, are you, where are you? Here at City Church, this is our, our desire that we, we connect with God. But not that we just stay in that connection, but that we grow that we don't stay in the shallow end, but that we go into the deep end of our faith. Connect. Connect this week with the city group. Come to prayer and praise on Tuesday. Go to the foodies group on Wednesday. Connect with God during the week on your own. Pray. Read his word. Make up your mind today. Listen, make up your mind today that no matter what may come this week, no matter what happens this week, I'm going to be here at church next Sunday. Why? Because I don't want to be in the shallows. It's only in the deeper, in the deeper waters where my faith grows. Where God.